Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Chris Keel, who prepares the Credit Managers Index for the National Association of Credit Managers, and it gets posted at NACM.org. And Chris is known for saying, well, this is going to happen, or this is going to happen unless. So today we're going to be talking about the big unless, Lou. Yeah, it's uh, unless. So I I have nothing more to say. I read the report. Uh, Chris is going to have to defend himself on this one. So get ready, everybody. Chris, welcome to to Manufacturing Talk Radio. And uh, wherever you want to start, go for it. Well, as as far as defending myself, I mean, if you insist on leading a Pollyanna life and and you've managed to ignore everything that's happened in the last month, then I guess I'll defend my report. But on the (laughs) other hand, it's kind of like defend that today is, you know, such whatever. Um, Yeah, the report was not a happy one, um, but why would it be uh, given all the activity that's been going on for the last several weeks? What's interesting about the credit manager's report this time is that for those who have been following for a while, we have two different sections. We have the favorables and the unfavorables. The favorables from a credit manager's perspective are going to be sales and they're going to be applications for credit and dollar collections and amount of credit extended, all the things that make the credit manager happy. The unfavorables are going to be things like disputes and bankruptcies and accounts out for collection and slow pays. So we had a real split between the two. All of the bad news, or virtually all of the bad news, was in the favorables. We saw a really dramatic drop in sales. Uh, As most people know, we have the same diffusion index that the PMI has. So anything over 50 is good. Anything under 50 is bad. If it's into the 30s, it's really bad. And the sales numbers were in the 30s. So we also saw low 40s when it came to dollar collections and low 40s when it came to everything else. The unfavorables, on the other hand, were decent. They were actually a few of them in the 50s and some in the upper 40s. The problem is that those are the sectors that probably will reflect the issue next month because there hasn't been time yet for companies to get to the point that they're going to be in collection or to get to the point that they're facing bankruptcy. And that may not come for a month or two. The most optimistic read from all of this is that if we are pulling out of this within a month or so, those numbers may not fall because it's going to take a while really for the negatives to start showing up. I mean, if if you're a typical customer uh, and you've got a relationship with the credit managers, you probably had 30, 60, 90, 120 days to pay. Well, if you're not due to pay for 90 to 120 days, you're not going to be in trouble for two or three months because you've got time. 
and the credit manager is not going to be bothering you because, well, you know, you're not due to pay them until July or August anyway. So if we're pulling out of this by midsummer, um, this may not get that much worse. If we are still dealing with this, and certain industries will, even if we recover pretty quickly, they may start to see problems with bankruptcies and and collections and that sort of stuff. But that's kind of where we are right now. The good news normally is the favorable stuff. Right now it's not. Um, Dollar collections are down because people are sort of hoarding their cash. The only one of the unfavorables that didn't trend well was the slow pays because people are being slow in how they're paying (laughs) for obvious reasons. You know, they don't want to turn loose of their money. They might need to make a toilet paper run and they want to be ready. So, <laughs> uh, Chris, you made a comment a moment ago about uh, that the credit managers are not concerned with their clients because they pay 30, 60, 90 days now. Uh, so why would they worry going forward? Uh, I, I would think any astute uh, CFO or credit manager will be jumping up and down to get every nickel in. Uh, well, that's... don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I did not say they weren't concerned. They're not concerned right now. They are not having to take action right now. You don't have a credit manager saying, "Oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. You owe me money in August. I'm gonna I'm gonna collect now." So you can't collect now. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you, I don't owe you any money till August. Lay off, you jerk! You know, so the credit manager knows that. Yeah, I sure hope things turn around because I don't have any recourse. You know, you're not going to have a company forced into bankruptcy today because they might have problems three, four months from now. So, what they're doing, obviously, is <clears throat> trying to figure out really three things. When you talk to the credit managers and they're trying to decide how they're going to handle their clients, the first thing they're going to look at is how valuable that client is. And we've known for years that clients can get in trouble, can have trouble getting behind in their payments. But if it's a huge part of your company, you're going to give them a break anyway. You don't, you don't want to lose that business. The second thing they're going to look at is where that company is financially. If they're in pretty good shape right now and they can survive a few bad months, then the credit manager is going to relax a little bit. And there'll be certain sectors that are are feeling this relatively indirectly. I mean, the thing we have to remember about this current recession is that it's a manufactured recession. There is nothing about this that was natural. The recession in 2008 was natural. The financial sector collapsed. The banks made grievous errors. We've talked about this before. They behaved like complete idiots and got hung by their own petard and LIBOR rates went nuts, etc. This one was a recession that was started at a specific moment in time. When the edict came down and said, close all your stores, you were instantly in a recession. Just as instantly, you can reverse it. Because if there's a decision to say, okay, we reached the peak, we're doing better, let's reopen the restaurants and let's start up the sporting events again, the recession literally ends that day, assuming that the consumers respond to the all clear. 
So the credit manager is going to look at your industry and say, okay, if you're in the restaurant business, that may not bounce back right away because consumers may still be suspicious, et cetera. If you're in the airline business, the day the airlines are told that, you know, things are back to normal, the planes will be full again. And, and you're going to be in a position to, to pay your bills. So the credit managers, thinking through all of this stuff. And then, of course, the third thing they're worried about is just the overall economy. So if that is recovering by May or looks like it may be recovering by May, they will relax. If it doesn't look like it's going to recover by May, then that's when they start to worry about those July and August payments. It's, uh, it's certainly something that they will be losing sleep over at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and and but that's, to be honest, that's almost easier to manage than what they do day to day. Because from the credit manager's perspective, if it's a large economy-wide event, well, there's not a lot of conversation. You know, you sort of know what bonds is going to be because the whole economy is experiencing it. Where it gets really tricky is that things are going well, but this company is not doing well. So what's your problem? You know, are you badly run? Are you, did you make a mistake? You know, then the credit manager is having to make this judgment call saying, well, you seem to be in a decent industry, but you're not paying me. So is there something personal or do you have the world's worst CEO or, you know, what exactly is the issue? When it's something broad like this, it's like, okay, we're all in this together. We're all basically going to come out of it together. And then it's a little bit of an easier decision to make, not a more pleasant one necessarily, <laughs> if we're not coming out of it. But I'm still of the opinion that this is is more a temporary phenomenon. If we look what's happening in Asia they're recovering. Um, China's PMI, I don't know if that was discussed earlier or not, but their PMI is over 50 again. I mean, it was 40 last month. And and they're, uh, they're yes, back in barely, yeah, barely into positive territory. But if you look at what's happening in Hubei province and Wuhan, they're back to work. They're Production is back up. They've closed the emergency hospitals. You know, they have seen the peak and it's gone down from there. If we behave like the Chinese and the South Koreans and the Singaporeans, maybe we see a turnaround the end of this month. Well, that that would be that's the only piece of good news you said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm doing the best I can. You know, I I, I really wish that. I begin to feel like the weatherman who's reporting the rain. It's like you do you do realize I have nothing to do with it raining. I'm just looking out the window going that's water. That's water coming from the sky. We call that rain. Um didn't make it, didn't bring it here. <laughs> so. Well, this is uh certainly a uh, as an understatement a uh, difficult time. Uh, we are talking to manufacturers. Uh, I would say that the most of them that we are doing business with at All Metals and Forge Group, um, they are functional. They are operating. Right. Um, yep. So that, that's the good news. 
the, the bad news of that is that for whatever reason, everybody has the virus on their mind, and they're not mm-hmm. really they're not thinking work. Uh, right. The, the orders that they didn't place have nothing to do with the virus, other than the fact they didn't give out the purchase order, because they still need the goods. Whatever it was that drove them to buy goods, and then they stopped. It had nothing to do with the demand. It had to do with the fact that everybody's talking the virus. Right, right. You're exactly right. I mean, an awful lot of the response right now has just been kind of an overwhelming reaction to what has sort of taken over our lives. I mean, even in the context of the of the things that I do, you know, as you're aware, we do the business intelligence brief and we write it three times a week. The only thing I've written about for the last two weeks is the virus and trying to find anything on the economy other than that has been virtually impossible because any of the data that we had prior to this, well, it's kind of useless. Um, It has all been kind of supplanted by what's going on. And until people I think the the part that has been so concerning is that it's an open-ended threat, and it's very reminiscent of what we went through with 9-11. No one really knew when that was going to end either. So the behavior of the economy right now is very similar to 2001, because after that event, the only thing people could think of is what's next. Who's going to get hit next? What building has been targeted next? Where are we going to be attacked? Where are they coming from? Are they coming by submarine? Are they going to be parachuting in? Are there onrushing hordes coming from Manitoba? Um, And, I mean, the rumors were just all over the place. And then with every passing day, it was like, hmm, maybe that was it. And, And I think what's going to be happening here is that at some point, people will start to think, well, maybe we've turned the corner. Maybe it's not so bad. We're going to go, I think, through the same process the Chinese went through, whether it was terrifying until that peak was reached. And then people thought, okay, this seems to be the worst it's going to be. And from here it gets better. Maybe slowly, but maybe it gets better. The uh, we found uh, When you were talking about 9-11, uh, I'll never forget that day at Low Metals was that as soon as that day got to about 11, 12 o'clock midday, orders on previous orders placed, we were getting the phone calls for cancellations. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was strictly an emotional reaction. Oh, yeah. But everybody, everybody was looking to just self-shut themselves down. and Right. Right, and I and I was in almost in a totally different environment because one of our major clients was a trucking company, and the day of 9/11, it was all of a sudden every airplane in the sky had landed wherever they could land, and right. and suddenly you have these panic calls into the trucking company going, I've got a load that's in a little town called Umpa Umpa, Kansas. And and I, I I need someone to go pick it up because as near as I can tell I'm in the middle of a cornfield and you know so I mean it was utter chaos because every single truck in the United States was being rerouted on the sure. same day 
And so you suddenly had a boom when it came to transportation, just like you're having now, because the parcel companies right now just can't keep up. Amazon is hiring as fast as it possibly can because everyone is having everything delivered. Hospital business is suddenly booming. Pharma is doing quite well um, because it's just, it's a healthcare crisis. If you're in the business of manufacturing, apparently hand sanitizer or toilet paper, it's a license to print money. And and that's that's a kind of a characteristic of this kind of confused economic information period. Nobody quite knows what to do with it, and until things settle, it's just people are very reactive and, and very nervous. And you're probably seeing both extremes, people that are just absolutely shutting things down and people saying, I don't believe a word of this, and I'm just going to go gung-ho the other direction – there are fewer of those now than there were maybe two or three weeks ago. This is true. This is true. So we'll just have to again play it out and uh, yep. you know just buy into where we are, hunker down and enjoy the solitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was commenting earlier that I haven't seen. It's kind of funny during this period of social isolation. I have never seen more of my neighbors than I do now. Um, they're, walking up and down, they're walking up and down the street, and, and I mean, it's like 24-7. There's people out there. I never see these people. And, and they're all with the most exhausted dogs I have ever seen. These dogs are like, <laughs> you have not asked me to move in eight years. Now you are dragging me up and down the street 15 times a day. I'm going to hide the leash. <laughs> so. uh, I saw a cartoon the other day. A dog standing on top of the kitchen counter. Its owner is standing there, and the dog is saying, no, I'm not going. This is the 20th trip. I don't have to go. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's exactly. It's like, leave me alone. Go do what you need <laughs> Like I said earlier, my, my five cats keep staring at me going, why are the servants still here? Why, why haven't you left so that we can nap in peace? Great. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, the servants, that's great. I love it. So, Chris, the, the big question here is um, the restart. And uh, part of my concern, and Lou and I talk to small and mid-sized businesses all the time, you know, how long can a restaurant stay closed before they lose all of their frozen and perishable, which they now have to replenish, and then they have to hope their customers come back? Um, there are going to be, I don't know, tens of thousands of businesses like that across the country who yeah, it very, very definitely, may not restart. Yeah, you definitely are looking at different categories of restart, and I think that the most vulnerable are going to be those that are not part of a chain, not part of a larger organization. I mean, the fast food places and the like will survive just fine because they'll just re-up. But the smaller business, the, the estimate right now is that if this shutdown extends much past the first part of May, Many of these businesses will be extremely stressed and probably won't survive uh, another month of this. The estimate 
really is based on their customer base and on their employees. If it ends within the next month, they'll be able to hire most of the people they had back. Most of their customers will come back. When this extends a little further, well, they may have lost those employees permanently, and people will have adopted new habits. One of the things that is very likely to change permanently is people's behavior. Um, probably not when it comes to entertainment and going out to eat and that sort of thing, but they may change the way they work. They may change the way they shop. A lot of people who had not indulged in having things delivered in the past are now discovering, hmm, it's pretty easy. Um, I just go online and I wait for the truck and don't have to go anywhere. People who are now working at home are like, you know, I never did like the guy in the cube next to me anyway, and now I don't have to see him, and I can just I can work from home. Other people are discovering that they absolutely hate this, and and those are generally people with children at home <laughs> who are discovering yeah. this. <laughs> There's uh, a reason I, must, I went to work every day. I must tell you, Chris, uh, as I mentioned before, we closed down about two weeks ago. Uh, everyone's working from home except me. I come to work right. every day. I'm here at uh, quarter to eight, between the quarter to eight and eight thirty. I'm in the office. I don't go out. No one comes in. I get in the car at four or five o'clock and go home. Uh, I'm right. in the safest place I could be. It's almost like being in oh, a exactly. bunker. Exactly. Exactly. And, no and and if you want to, you can run around the office with no pants on, and no one would know. So. You were watching. Saw <laughs> me. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes, I could do that. Yeah, it'd be an interesting phenomenon. Again, if we look at the Asian countries, which is really the only place we can right now because they've got a little more experience with this, there was a lot of concern that when the Chinese sort of reopened Wuhan, would the people respond or would they continue to hunker down? The response was almost instantaneous. People went back to work immediately. They went out and socialized immediately. They traveled. The streets were full. There was just a, a even as people would indicate that they were still worried, they said, I know I'm still worried, but I can't, I can't stand it anymore. I have to get out. I have to see my friends. I have to go to work. So I think the desire to to reappear in public will overwhelm most people's trepidation about the concern. They, I think there will probably be a permanent awareness among the population as a whole that they're going to be careful about washing their hands and they're going to be careful about shaking people's hands. I think we, we may have seen the end of the handshake um, as we know it, but it's. I think people are, are. I mean, you can just see the way that they're they're isolating now. I mean, they're out and they're walking, and then they are certainly not isolating from their family members. It's probably there are probably people discovering for the first time how many children they actually have. Um, so <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris, I. I... Know that uh, at least I think, in my opinion, the Chinese may not have been as forthcoming with information as this thing began to unravel on them. I'm just wondering no, if that's this for current, sure. 
yeah, this current curve where they're showing some uh, very low daily numbers in terms of continuing infection is also fabricated. No, I think we can actually trust the data now, and it's only because there are so many other groups there now. In the beginning, you had a very definite attempt to hide this. Uh, the authorities in Wuhan were hiding it from their own government. Um, they did not want the knowledge of this to spread, because if you remember way back to when this started, this was from the wet markets that are still prevalent in rural China. This is where you have all the wild bush meats and you've got bats and snakes and anything you can possibly think of for sale. And these things have been essentially shut down in a lot of China, particularly in the coastal cities, not in the rural areas. And Wuhan was kind of embarrassed by this and tried to hide it. Then China got involved and they were not being all that forthcoming. But if you look at Wuhan or any of those places now, they are crawling with people from the WHO, the CDC, the Japanese Ministry of Health, the European Health Ministries. I mean, there are literally thousands of researchers and doctors and epidemiologists and everything. I mean, they've just flooded the country. So the data now is coming from the WHO and it's coming from the CDC and it's coming from the International Health Organization. So China would be almost in capable of keeping this information to themselves now because, well, they reacted as one would expect that they would by saying, we desperately need help. And the help came with people who were going to watch and are saying, hi, you may not have been counting these people. We are. And we have to because we want to know for example, we didn't know in the beginning what the death rate was. Um, it could be anywhere between 3 and 5%. Now that we've been able to really examine and do the testing and all the rest of that stuff, we now know it's about 1.4. So it's higher than the seasonal flu types of things that we've been through, but not by much. Um, it is comparable to maybe some of the worst flu outbreaks we've had in the last few years. It is not as deadly as SARS or MERS or avian flu or swine flu or Zika or even the Spanish flu. But we didn't know that early on because we weren't really testing the whole population. We were just looking at people who were desperately ill. And sure enough, it's very deadly to people who are desperately ill. The person who has it and thinks that the cold, well, they didn't know they had anything. And so it, they never even told anybody. Now, you can't – the biggest challenge I'm running into in the medical profession, it's spring. It's time for seasonal allergies. People are showing up in emergency rooms going, oh, my God, I'm sneezing. Yeah, it's <laughs> pollen, honey. Um, um, it, it happens every year. <laughs> so Right. Right. <laughs> well, those are reassuring words. I'm actually glad to hear you share that comment, uh, Chris, because I was really looking at the literally today. I'm looking at the numbers coming out of China in terms of new cases, and it's mm -hmm. 81 a day in a population of 1.5 billion. Right. And I think can, can this be for real? So I'm glad to hear yeah, you. Yeah, I that. mean. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's a situation where you're you're getting the same at least at this point you're getting the same kind of life cycle with the virus that we've seen before with some of the others you know that it has a season and it kind of plays itself out. The danger when we look at COVID nineteen compared to all the others is that it it would spread so fast and it didn't take extensive exposure uh, for for this to set in. Usually with things like the flu and the cold and the, and the like, those things you need to have a certain amount of, of consistent exposure before and the fact that it never did really aerosolize, um, which is just kind of an accident of its, of its origin. It's too heavy. So when you are sneezing the cold virus, it goes 10 feet. Um, it's a very light virus. This thing goes several inches and then, and then falls. So it becomes a surface contact thing. And as a result, it doesn't spread um, as, as readily as a cold does because of that, but it sticks around longer. So when people touch a surface, even though, it's been hours since somebody else touched it. It's still viable, and and that's that's what's made it so tough to treat. Because you're, you know, it's not like you're staying away from people that sneeze. You're like, I need to stay away from objects that people sneezed on two days ago. <laughs> it's like right. Sure. <laughs> what, what, what would those be? Different yeah. materials. Uh, the uh, virus uh, can last longer or shorter. Oh, yeah. Uh, plastic is, I think, is as much as uh, three or four days. Uh, yeah, metal, exactly. A couple of hours. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's you're right. Just don't touch anything. Exactly. <laughs> or go entirely to metal. This is what we want to hear in the metal industry. You know, it's time to right. abandon plastic. You know, from here on on, when you go shopping, you want a shopping bag made of forged steel. <laughs> I don't think yes. that one's going to catch on. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, it, it just it just has it's it's, it's certainly a got a macho feel to it. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, thanks for again joining us. Uh, we always appreciate your insights, and uh, we'll look forward to the restart. I'm glad you think, as we've been hearing, that the restart could be quite rapid that based on China, uh, there it was quite rapid. So, again, thanks for sharing on Manufacturing Talk You're Radio. welcome. Very good. Thank and you, and hopefully good. the next time is not the Black Death show. So thank you again, and we'll talk in a month. <laughs> Very <laughs> good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, so encouraging news for our listeners. We certainly uh, would love to have everyone hear this particular show. And thank you again for listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.